Welcome, everybody, to the Energy for Sales podcast, where we believe if you're not having fun, you might be doing it wrong. Uh, no, Tim, you are doing something wrong. This should be fun. <laughs> Spoken like a true sales coach. <laughs> this, is, this is Tim Hooper and David Oliphant bringing you energy for your sales process. Stay tuned. Everybody, welcome back to the Energy for Sales podcast. I am Tim Hooper, your host. Excited to be here, founder of Energy for Sales, and my co-founder and sales coach, master sales coach David Alfit, back with us. And uh, we have the privilege of having a uh, uh, my friend and uh, a real estate coach and a business owner on Jeff Jamal. I, Jeff, welcome. Hey, what's up, Tim? David, how is you? How how are you, man? Jim, doing great. Um, very excited to uh, 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 to meet Jeff this morning and really hear his story of resilience. And um, it's a great story, and, and it's a story that uh, that we wanted to share today. Uh, and also, you know, in, in our world and our weeks, and this week particularly, the resilience we've each had to face. So um, excited to hear Jeff and, and uh, how he brings that that out and advances that in in, uh, in salespeople and people in general. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, I got to meet Jeff about a year ago, and um, just his story, his life story, is a story of resilience. He also coaches people uh, in the in the real estate field uh, on being that resilient. I call it resilient realtor. Um, you know, you you have to have that. It might be the number one. Jeff, would you say that might be the number one character characteristic or mindset to succeeding over the long term in real estate? It's definitely up there, I think, um, especially when you, um, people always can, you know, tell you, hey, why don't you go get stronger and you can go out there and you be stronger, you build up muscles or, you know, be uh, be tougher or, you know, find all these other things. But I think resiliency is something that's within you already and you just got to go dig it up. You know, it's not something that you go out and acquire somewhere. It's just something that look, turn back, you know, look in your history in your life and be like, hey what made me who I am today and what built me up and what can I feed from? So it's already there. You just got to kind of like get it out. Mm. Already there, but have to get it out. So everybody take a, take a moment right now. Stop, stop looking at the magazine next to you. Stop looking at the uh, Facebook profile that you're comparing yourself to. Stop looking at everything else around you. And Jeff just told us to look inward and realize it's already there. So how, I, mean, I guess it, Oh, go ahead. No, now, no, if go you're ahead. driving, if you're driving, please continue to look at the road. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> no, I mean, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Honestly, I mean, I was, I played, uh, I came to America on a soccer scholarship. I played in Missouri. And I remember my first time, now looking back, you know, where I see um, resiliency and children or students been trained to be resilient from, um, childhood on was when we drove from Joplin, Missouri to Amarillo, Texas, to West Texas A&M to play West Texas A&M in soccer. And it was a blizzard. It was a miserable, miserable snowstorm in there. And we're from Missouri. We're just like, we drove here, I don't know, 12 hours. We don't want to play this match. We've been stuck in the hotel now for two days because of this blizzard. And we get on the court, you know, it's a team we usually put away. We were up to nothing real quickly. 
but we lose the game. We we lost. I mean, they crushed us in the end, and I was just like, what happened? Mm. And I remember a couple of guys got together and said, "Remember the Alamo?" Ah, and they're screaming, and I was like, you know, growing up <laughs> in Germany, I was like, yeah, the Alamo that was horrible. Like everybody died, and they battle <laughs> And I was just like, you know, but looking back now, people in Texas or in, in Tennessee, you know, wherever the volunteers came from, they use this experience, what happened in their past as a, as a battle cry to rally up, to be like, hey, these guys were against all odds. They were outnumbered uh, 10 to 1. And yes, they all died in the end, but they did not give up. They stood their ground, they fought and... And that was resilience. And I think people in Texas or Tennessee, they just tell their children that, they tell the story, it's like they're good night stories. Or, and that's how, you, that's how you build up resiliency in these, in these students and these children. And um, I mean, that's just my, my personal opinion, but that's my, my mm. experience that I had. And I'm just like, you know, sometimes it's easy as, as, as leaders or managers to go up on stage and be like, we need to be more resilient. And everybody looks at them like I just said, we need more Bruttosozialprodukt, which is a German word, which probably they don't understand either, you know, but it's just something I throw out there just to make myself smart or make look good. But I don't give them the tools to be like, hey, look inward and find that resiliency. There's something in your life growing up. I grew mm. up from a, um, my dad was an immigrant from Africa. My mom was a cleaning lady. She cleaned toilets. And I knew early in my life, this is not what I want for my life. And that mm. was kind of like where I'm like, when I came to America, I came with two suitcases. And once I landed on shore, I burned the boats because <laughs> I was not going back. Wow. You know? So yeah. like, you know, how do I make this work? And that's, I think, step by step, you build up resiliency in life. And then when you have something that hits you in... Um, in, in the business world or academic world, what sets you back, you know, um, where you feed from, where you just be like, hey, what my mom gave up, she had two children at home, she had to provide for them, mm. and just walk out because her boss was shitty to her or because uh, she had to work overtime. Mm. And she was like, no, she had, had that resiliency because I need to provide for my children, for my family, my dad, the same way, you know, I cannot just throw in and be like, well, the boss is silly or, you know, I'm just gonna walk away. No, that's where you build up resilience. And that's when I say, look inward, find something that happened in your life. And um, and I, like I said, I don't want to be too personal about your story, Tim, but, you know, think about your children, what they're going through right now. And mm -hmm. 10 years from now, 15 years from now, you know, I experienced this, what's coming right sure. now, nothing. You know, right. it's, it's really like, right. you know, look, I've seen this growing up in my childhood. I've, I've gone through this, I, you know, saw my family struggle with this and we came together. Um, now I'm a, I don't know, sales manager for Microsoft and I gotta get, I don't know, a new software out. It is nothing, mm -hmm. you know, in comparison to what I already experienced. So getting these people to huddle up around you and just be like, look, this is what we need to yeah. be doing. Let's get it done. So. Mm. No, that, that is spot on. And you know, it's interesting at times, um, because we've all had challenges in our past and, you know, part of us want to just compartmentalize and put it away and not, and just forget it. Yeah. And really those are the things that, um, that do build the inner strength. And, 
Um, no, we don't want to really think about it every day and talk about it every day. So we, we should talk about it more than we do, but it has to be that, that springboard into um, our self-confidence to know that, um, that we can handle most anything. And, um, you know, you were talking earlier about, you know, if you say, Hey, let's go to the gym and, and get stronger, you can get stronger, but you know, but then maybe the world doesn't need strong. What they need is resilience. We have to be resilient in our personal lives and our relationship, our relationships have to be resilient, how we work with our teams, how we work with our clients. Um, you know, we've talked on other podcasts. Um, yeah, we're in COVID-19 right now, but the world is different every day. And especially if you're not attuned to um, being able to look at that stuff, but, but the inward view is, um, is super important. Yeah. And I, I, I like, huh? yeah, go ahead. No. And that, you know, I mean, that's why, you know, I throughout my life, you know, I put stages in my life where I'm just like, Hey, this is things that, um, um, you know, you know, it's like I put a mark in my in my in my uh, timeline. You know, where I'm just like, you know, this is an event where you know I can go left or right, and I chose this this path, and it mm. made me feel stronger. I mean, besides always the birth of our children, you know, which always a huge impact on everybody's life. You know, because it humbles you, it motivates you, it does a lot of things. It's like an emotional roller coaster when the first, second, third, you know, child is born. Um, <laughs> So, you know, I, I stopped that too, but I know Tim, you know, <laughs> so, but I mean, it is, I mean, it, it, yeah. it is a big, it is a big, big influence. Another one for me was my, my military career. And, um, that really, really marked me. I remember times where we are sitting in Kuwait and, you know, ready to get deployed, um, going forward, you know, and we were like, well, as long as we don't go to Baghdad, which was like horrible at that time, or Ramadi, they're like the two worst places you can possibly go to. I like to go to Mosul. I like to go to uh, Balad, you know, somewhere, you know, we can do this, you know. It's, and that's what we talked. We were there for weeks, a month, and we heard the stories, what happened in Baghdad, Ramadi, Fallujah, you know, and we're just like, as long as we don't go there, we'd be okay. And then they decide to break our um, combat team up and says, hey, guess what? Half of you go to Baghdad, the other half go to Ramadi. And if you would not be some kind of resilient and, you know, be like, all right, I'm going. And, and, you know, they showed us pictures of, you know, when you, when people landed on Normandy, you know, not the first wave, the second wave who had to go back on the boat and be like, is this all blood on here? I mean, they just got slaughtered and I'm getting on this boat now and do the same thing that people before me were doing. These people needed to be resilient. They needed to be like, I'm going, doesn't matter what. Is there always one or two who just be like, I can't do it? Of course. I mean, you know, it's not like everybody's perfect, everybody's whore, whore, you know, but it's just something where that's where you build resiliency. And um, mm -hmm. we were we were sitting there in Kuwait and just when we were about to get broken up and just be like one goes to one shithole, the other one goes to the other one, you know, it, it was just like, <laughs> I got to go, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, how do I, how do I deal with this? And I think the army or military in general helped you to not only react in the moment, but also recoup, you know, afterwards be like, hey, you've been through this and you can dwell on mm -hmm. it. And be like, you know, it was all sad and depressing, which it was, but how do you come out there stronger? And um, that's when they came up with this resiliency program, which, you know, I had the privilege to teach and learn about. And 
And if it gets people to go through this, you know, it gets you through a PowerPoint sales presentation and, uh, you know, or as a real estate agent, you know, get you to knock on doors and be like, hey, think about buying or selling. Because what is mm-hmm. going to happen? You know, you get the door, door slammed in your face. So, Right, that, right. <laughs> I think um, from your perspective, number, what stuck out to me was you had a, you had a, a different perspective of a battle cry. And I liked how you, you said when you heard it, you're like, what in the world? I mean, because you had a, a outside America perspective of what this battle cry was. It, but you brought up two military scenarios where you have, remember the Alamo and you have D-Day, right? And it's like storming those beaches and literally the guys at the Alamo, they knew they were done. And, and now we say it because those guys fought to the end. And I think when you say you have to dig deep and look inward for that resiliency, I think it has to, we have to ask everybody right now, what do you believe at your very core? What is your vision right now for you? What do you want? What are your kids going to experience because you didn't give up? I love what you said in 10 or 15 years, they're going to look back and they're going to be stronger because of seeing their mommy right now go through breast cancer. They're going to be stronger because of, her belief that something greater is coming. Like the only time something greater won't come is if we give up. Had those guys surrender at the Alamo, then would, I don't know. It might be to be Mexico down there. You know, it's like, had they given up? So the only time you're not gonna have something greater in your future is if you decide to give up. So in that belief right there, you can find deeper resilience. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. when you knock on the door and it gets slammed in your face, the resilient says something greater is coming. The next door might be a yes, right? Instead of, well, I'm done too, too much. Or maybe you don't give up today, but you, you're slowly giving up. And only, only you right now know where you're at in your mind. How many people do you know, David? They slowly give up in their mind. They check out and three months later, they resign. But you knew they were sitting at their desk in their cubicle and they had already given up. You could tell Jeff as a business owner, that that employee who's already given up, right? They're checking into work, but they're not engaged. They're coming, they're showing up to collect a paycheck, but you're like, they're really not here. They're not really doing it. They're going through the most. So it's like, how do you in the moment talk to your employee or talk to your sales rep or talk to your kids even for that matter and say in the moment, where, where are you at up here and help them dig also, deeper for that belief? How do you, how do you do that? Also, I mean, Jeff hit on a couple of points. First of all, if you have a team that's built on resilience, you, you got to pick each other up. And you also, and you also have, as a leader, you have to be resilient. You, you have, the more resilient you are and the better you are at, at not only being resilient, but teaching resiliency, your teams will mirror that. Um, you know, just super important. And, and I know that through Jeff's experiences that he's successful doing that because he, he lives and breathes resiliency and it's in his path. Um, it'd be interesting to figure out how you can interview recruit for resiliency. Cause that's, that's a place that I don't think people, I mean, it's so super important in today's world that changes every, every millisecond to be able to attract the team, interview your team and hire for, resiliency I, I think it's a missing piece 
Jeff might be on it and he might be doing it. Most people are not. I had an interview yesterday for a salesperson on a different team in my company. Um, I look for other things. I need to start looking for resiliency. And I think um, when it comes to interview, that's a really good point. Um, And I changed my interviewing. You know, there's always the, you know, tell me something about you, tell me this, tell me this. And I I cut through all this. And, uh, you know, this is how my interview usually goes. I'm like, you know, uh, I'm in a unique situation because real estate, there is no, there is no ceiling. I don't know in any other industry, you know, I mean, there's like, you know, you, you want to make $10 million, you go out there and make it happen. And when somebody comes in, I'm just like, what do you expect um, salary wise? What, what were your good, you know, what would makes you and your family be comfortable? And there's sometimes comments that I don't make $45,000 a year. And I was just like, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, you sell six homes that's, you know, three months maybe, you know, starting out and then you'll be done. You made it 45. What are you going to do the rest of the year? You know, but I'd go with it. I said, all right, 45,000 a year. So let's say you meet the 45,000 a year. What will your goal next year then? And then they come up and like, well, I could maybe make 60 or maybe six figures. I said, why don't we make 45,000 again? And that's like, well, I'm not processed. I said, no, no, but we're not making $45,000 a year we make $45,000 a month. And then like their mind, they're like, whoa. <laughs> I said, $45,000, wow. I said, ha, 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 good one. You know, I think I'm just like, but I stay serious. I play my, stay in my role as a, as a recruiter. I said, why are you laughing? And they're like, well, I mean, who makes $45,000 a month? I mean, well, if you think about it, you probably know several people who make that kind of money. Why not you? And then, you know, we, we, I coach them and we talk and, you know, and that's when I, how much pushback I'm getting, I see their level of resiliency, you know, because then if they'll be like, if they're buying in, not only just being, give me the up and down, but like the Northern sales will be like, yeah, 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 okay, let's do it because I want to get the gig. No, I'm just like, no, let's believe in it. And this is what we have. Let's break it down. What we have to do to make $45,000 every single month. And um, then we're done with this. And my interview is not done. I said, so what be our third year goal? And they'd be like, well, we can make $45,000 a week. <laughs> and they I said, how will that look like? Mm. And then and their mind really starts blowing up because they're like, I, I don't even know. I don't even comprehend it. But then we break it down. And either at that point, I either lose them because they're just checked out. They'd be like, they don't believe in this is something that, that can be done. Mm. But in real estate, there are individuals who make that kind of money. They make $45,000 a month. They make, mm-hmm. the, they make this, you know, and it's, it's not easy, but it's simple. You know, I know it's, a, it's, it's said many times, if you break it down and you do what you need to be doing, but you need mm-hmm. to find that inner thing, that inner fire, that why would you be motivated to do $45,000? How would it affect mm-hmm. your life, your, your sphere, your family's life, if you make that kind of money? And, mm-hmm. and once, you, once you get in there, that little hurt when they you know, share things with you, that's when you know if you have somebody resilient that has something to offer to your company. And um, that's why I usually you know, be like, hey, I think you'll be a good fit or I don't think that's going to work. Because if somebody, people mm-hmm. fight for their belief so hard, I let them keep it. I said, why don't you keep your belief? You fight for it so hard, you don't want, you don't want to let me in to show you something different, then this is your, your belief. And I mm. value it, I respect it. 
but you and I are probably not gonna gonna be working together. So and that's where we go forward. Wow. I wonder, Jeff, that's fantastic. And, um, and I like what you say, getting to the core of their belief. Where, what are they going to fight for, right? Because everyone has these dreams. Everyone has these wishes. But the, the, back, the back story of a dream and a wish has to be a, a goal and a, and a desire, a deep desire to get there. A wish is, is you know, a dream. Is, okay, tell me, tell, me, tell me what you're going after. I, I wonder if a question like, tell me about one of the worst setbacks in your life and how you overcame. Because you know, resiliency is the capacity to recover quickly from something. So, you know, you step on the grass, boom, it bounces back. You walk through the, the field, you know, you might see footprints for a little while, but the next morning, no, the grass is perfectly whole again. You don't see footprints. You just walk over the grass, right? It's resilient, right? Um, so how, how quickly do they bounce back? So I wonder, David, if an interview question, you know, I love what you said, Jeff, about getting, letting, letting you into their story. And letting you into their beliefs. So yeah, like, tell me, tell me something that you've overcome. Tell me one of the toughest challenges you've overcome. And then how did you overcome that? And see, see where their belief system, you know, takes you in that, in that story. Uh, Tell me about an opportunity like that you won that that was your greatest victory and and have them explain that and those that take the easy path well i did this and this but those that like it was at the brink of you already lost it you were told no you resurrected it um so it's an interesting question to ask on one of their greatest sales victories and see if it was an easy oh it was this big one i got introduced we closed in two days that's always not going to be real world the one that like almost got away, that did get away. You stayed on it. You stayed on it for a year. You stayed on it for two years, whatever. And that is, you can gain a lot of understanding of resilience um, about that. And then I also like to ask, what's one that um, you really should have gotten that you didn't? What happened? Um, it was interesting when Jeff was talking, Tim, I showed you the books I got this week. So this is Simon Sinek's newest book. And mm. it's about getting out of a finite mindset the, and having an infinite, infinite mindset. Game. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Jeff was talking about. These people come in sometimes with this finite, yeah, I want to make 45 and ooh, if I stretch, I might make 60 the next year. And, um, you know, the way he stepped through, what about 45 again each month? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. I used to ask a question. Um, what's a lot of like in an interview, what's a lot of money? What, what, what's like crazy money for you to make? And what do you really want? Where do you want to be? Like, what do you need? And then where do you want to be? And sometimes, you know, I, I interviewed one, one young man and, you know, if I could just make 42 and, uh, you know, 24 is comfortable, but if I could make, you know, 40,000, I'm thinking to Jeff's points, like I can't build a business on somebody that wants to just, that has that, that mindset. It's okay. You don't want to change them. Mm-hmm. It just maybe isn't the right place for you if they, if they're not getting it, but I'm excited to read this book. I've, I've seen a couple of his talks about it and it is about breaking out of that finite mindset of what your life and, and, and where you're going to be to really have um, a larger, more infinite um, outlook mm. and, and be the best you can be. So I think that's where resilience stems from. If you have a small mindset, then you get crushed easier. If you have an infinite mindset, those, you know, the guys at the Alamo, they had an infinite mindset. They were going to be the roadblock till more volunteers got there till Sam Houston sent more men. Right. They're like, we're going to stick out, stick it out here. And then Sam Houston's army, when they got the report back, 
And Jeff, when you were telling the story earlier, I just got goosebumps <laughs> uh, talking about the blizzard and, and losing the game. The guys, remember the album, but you know what? Sam Houston's men heard about the story about all those brave men who fought to the end. And they said in their ranks, remember the Alamo. As they charged into Santa Ana's mm. man, men later, Sam Houston's men, remember the Alamo. And they charged. And those, I think the horse's ears probably even went back when they heard, remember the Alamo. And they just, there was something in every fiber of their body that called on a deeper strength. Um, I love what you said starting this out, though, that it's not about the strongest. It's not about being, you know, all strong. You go to the gym and get stronger. Somebody said, the oak fought the wind and was broken. The willow bent with it and was just fine. So it's not about having massive strength. It's about being able to flex, to bend, but you're never shaken. You're never broken because things that happen to me may change me, but they will not reduce me. Things that happen to me, they may change me. Oh, I've, I've become a better person for the difficulties and trials, but they will not reduce me, right? So digging deeper for that resilience um, because you have a belief that my kids are going to have a better future. Jeff, I love what you said. My dad and mom, they did everything to feed us, to care for us, but I'm going to do, I'm going to make them proud. I'm going to do better. I'm going to own a business. I'm going to coach real estate. I'm going to, I'm going to grow my influence. I'm going to live bigger than myself. Like you can all turn in where just live for yourself, but you can play it. Like David said, an infinite game. And I think resilience just grows and feeds on, on that level of mindset. Hey, Tim, I know that Jeff has a, a hard stop like right now, I think a minute over. Um, so I don't know how you want to wrap this up. I don't, I don't know how Jeff wants to wrap it up. I think it was fantastic. I know when we talked about resilience and, and in your mind, uh, that picture of Jeff came up and we saved this topic for a time that he could join us. So, Jeff, any closing uh, words of wisdom, my friend? Oh, no, I don't have no words of wisdom. <laughs> I just, uh, resiliency is always, it's always amazing. But I also, with, with teaching resiliency and coaching um, uh, agents and uh, salespeople, it's when and a resilient person meets a non-resilient person, the big clash, you know, then what I always hear is like, uh, um, the resilient person is like, you know, we're going to make it happen, all positive and we got to get this. And then the other person usually says, but I'm realistic. And then what do you say? I said, yeah, you are realistic in your, in your world. That is very negative. You are very, you know, <laughs> I live in the real world. That's mm. you know, usually what you hear from people who are not, not resilient. And this is something where you just cannot go in there and charging and just tell them, hey, be resilient. It's like, you know, you got to find this one thing in them where and just be like, I know you have a hard time wrapping your mind around this, but let's start here for now. And if I can show you how we can turn this little thing around, then you know we can build on this one. And people who never experience resiliencies or, or never um, embrace resiliency in their life, they're probably just like what you said earlier, bad experience. They don't wanna talk about it. They just don't wanna you know, ever be confronted with it again. They just wanna forget about it. Mm. You know, If you as a coach go in there and be like, you know, hey, do you remember this moment in your life where you just think everything is just going to go to go bad and goes goes away and and you push through and things actually worked out for the better? Do you remember that? Hold on to mm. this. For the next 30 minutes while we talk about this and then put it in perspective. 
And then maybe that person who's not resilient, who always tells you, but I'm realistic or I live in the real world, chip away a little bit on this and give them a little resiliency, you know, or give them a little peace of mind. That's probably the best thing. Don't always go in there charging and be like, hey, be resilient. And then they'll be like, okay. Mm. It doesn't work like this most of the time, you know. But you know, mm. David, you know, but it's just something maybe we put back on your minds and be like, hey, one chip at a time. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's awesome. Nurture the resilience in your team, sales leaders. Nurture the resilience in yourself every day. Wake up believing something greater is coming. Um, live in resilience, nurture resilience. Jeff, thank you so much for bringing this topic today and um, just being that resilient uh, person in my life. It's a privilege to call you friend. David, always thank you for your wisdom, sir. And guys, we'll see you again next week.